hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Hello, Christine, my little hersine shifter. Hi. My favorite little monster. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for asking. A new Fall Out Boy song came out today, and I'm so thrilled you asked my opinion about it. It's Uh so good, and it's um, basically a cover of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, but with from 1989 to 2023. Oh. I don't and know in, what that means entirely, but it sounds good. Well, you know, like in We Didn't Start the Fire, he's like, yeah, uh, Vietnam, blah, blah, blah. So this one is like, you know, Pokemon. Oh, I got gotcha. <laughs> George Floyd. Trump got indicted twice. And he says in the song, Golden State Killer or Golden State Killer got caught is one of the lines. Mm. Okay. okay. And then another line is Fermi Paradox. Oh, Okay, so that's a 10 out of 10 for me. I gotta tell you, I was beside myself. It's better than the original. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> Furby Paradox is where I'm I'm sitting, and Pokemon I doesn't hurt. screamed. It's like Stranger Things, Tiger King, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's so good, you guys. It sounds pretty good. Did I, I tell you a secret? Did you tell me a secret? What? I'm, 
I got tickets to the Fall Out Boy concert uh, in like a couple weeks, and I surprised Renee, and she's going to drive down, and we're going to go. Oh, that's very fun. When was the last uh, time you saw them live? Uh, um, I saw them in Cleveland with Renee like pre-COVID. I think it was pre-COVID. So oh. a long time ago. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. I'm so excited. Wow. What's your favorite song that they do live? Um, they performed Hum Hallelujah, which is the song that I'm going to get my tattoo of. Um, and it's kind of like a lesser known song or at least like a less popular one. And so it was not on the set list that I had like studied and prepared for. And when they sang it, Renee and I were like, it's a sign because it was our song, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so I'm hoping they sing that, but now I want them to sing about the Fermi paradox. So I mean... I wonder if you're going to have to practice your chant because when that comes out live, you're going to have to know what they're saying. You know? you know me. I get obsessed with lyrics and I memorize every single word like a lunatic. Um, but I will say also, guess mm-hmm. what I'm doing in 48 hours? I'm going to see Taylor Swift. My the Eras tour? Yeah, my brother got me a ticket. Why have we never discussed that? Because I forgot. Oh, most Swifties, I think, would be really up. <laughs> like would be gobsmacked that you could forget something like that i told my friend i was like oh do you want to grab drinks friday i don't have anything going on oh <laughs> my god my mom was like hey do you need me to watch leona for the concert friday i was like what concert and she wow. was like are you not going to taylor swift and i was like oh right someone is punching the air right now so i know with you. i'm sorry but but okay to make you feel better everybody i've been listening to the era's set list on repeat and I'm fucking amped. I, you know I do what's love coming. T Swift. I just like kind of I do this thing when there's a sensory overload of or like an emotional overload, and I immediately shut down and compartmentalize and put it far, far away. Like mm-hmm. the time Chip Coffee like commented or followed me or whatever. Oh right. And like I saw it and I just immediately forgot. And then you brought it up on the show, and I went, "Oh yeah." I like totally take things out of my brain and I place them aside. So I just remember today that I'm seeing T Swift and I'm seeing Fall Out Boy. Are We're you all ca- happy? Are you caught up on like the the lore that is Taylor Swift and like what all of the songs Ish. mean? Ish. I got into kind of a, a a zone a few like a week ago, and I was like analyzing mm. everything. So, I, but not as like Alexander's girlfriend D is like in it. Like she will argue with people about like who's this is Joe did this and this is about Joe. I, I'm like I do don't you, know, man. Do you know the the times when you're expected to interact with the songs? No. Oh, oh is you're it gonna have a that, rough like, time. Fucking throw bread at the screen, like. Uh... Well, like there are certain things that like you have to like shout at certain songs and. Fermi right. paradox, Pokemon. No. Sure, I think you're gonna f- have a lot of FOMO if you don't practice the 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 rules. So maybe okay, you have well, DT. My brother, you. sister, and Blaze have not told me anything about this, and they're the other people attending with me. So I feel like at least I won't be alone. I'm gonna text my brother now and say. What are the interactions I'm expected to perform at the concert on Friday? I'll just give uh, like uh, just TikTok one two three. Let's go, bitch. Just just look that up, and that should get you in the right direction. Boy, vey. Okay, I will. Thank you for thank you for your tips. I mean, I should be at this fucking concert, but okay. I, <laughs> I you should you be. Have... <laughs> Sorry, my brother apparently. Oh, my brother says, "Excuse me." Okay, so everyone's M gonna feel a little silly. Our interactions. Just no, just type back one, two, three, let's go, bitch. 
<laughs> one, two, three, let's go, bitch. Question mark? No, not question mark. Just just say it. See what happens. Okay. I know okay. you put a question mark. I don't even I trust did. you. It's too late. I didn't. I said, you, I'm sorry. Guess what I'm drinking? <sighs> what? Taylor Swift's personal water and you just forgot <laughs> to mention it? <laughs> Earl Grey tea. Ah! I'm having agua. I'm having water just like taylor swift probably is by the way uh this is everyone's weekly reminder to take a sip of fucking water because it's sitting on your desk and you haven't touched that cup in like hours so i got a a brita filter for my office so that i would drink more water up here Mm, okay well that's nice yeah because otherwise i have to go to the third floor but the sink up here is like really it's like a hundred years old and i'm like i don't know how rusty that is so you the sink I mean? does look a little haunted. Yeah. Right? And so instead I got a filter Brita filter and I have my mini fridge and I'm I'm thriving and I'm hydrating. With love, if you ever had to renovate that floor, maybe just get entirely new pipes. Just rip the walls out. <laughs> <laughs> the Brita filter is doing great. Um, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> I, I just I, I don't know if I'd brush my teeth safely in that bathroom. You know what I mean? But I I'll wash my hands, but but maybe I rewash them downstairs. I don't know. Okay. But, yeah. It's okay. Fair. I mean, listen. I've lived in old houses my whole life. I get it. It's it's there's something unappealing about very creaky old sinks. Yeah, I'm with uh-huh. you. Yeah, creaky yeah. is a good word. Yeah. Oh well, what do we do now? I don't we know. Can- are are you good? I know we've checked in on your legs every day for a while. Oh, sure. My legs are um they look really disgusting. I am apparently it's hard to give an update when christine is so grossed out with every comment about the veins not even every comment like it's not even every comment it was just said it's when you said some really specific things that just like hashtag triggered me i was like you like i already don't like veins it's but i'm being very brave and strong do you you. want to do you want to like hang up the headphones for a second while i give everyone an update and i don't know do they want to know that are they gonna scream and veer off the road like i I don't know you gave me a platform and now i want to use it my legs are fine that's all people need to know i guess also vein troubles thank you to everyone who apparently operates on people like me who has written in and told me why my legs were in so much pain during the procedure um oh yeah you got some i saw on slack some uh some some comments some write-ins some tips and tricks i'd like to give you um an update but all i'm gonna say is that apparently they were just injecting basically hydrochloric acid into my legs um that sounds and that's where we'll end it because christine will barf if no, i that say doesn't anymore. bother me yeah sorry i know it bothers you but it do- that doesn't bother me it's when you get into the specifics of like what the veins are doing and look like and oh no i understand it's, it's also the word catheter i can't i really struggle with that word it really uh really just does something to me i don't know and i've had one you know i like yeah when i was yeah the catheters labor. are not good especially because like oof. never mind never mind i was like why does it smell like pee in here Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I understand because like, you're peeing, and I was like, "No, I'm not." Oh, but I was. Oh my God, you're talking about your labor. I thought you were talking about right now. I was like, "What a topic Whoa. change!" No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I got a catheter. Keep up, M. Um. So you, I mean, I'm not surprised that you were peeing because, like, you're pushing everything out. But like, did <laughs> was everyone just like watching you pee? Well, no, it's like I had a Catherine for like 25 hours. So it was like, well, obviously over that time, you're going to have to pee. Right. But since they numb you all the way down there, if you get um, Uh an epidural, then you can't like control your peeing. And Uh so, yes, literally everyone just sees you peeing. 
it's um and then they were uh, like, you're peeing a lot. And I was like, sorry, Jesus. Everyone was like, I'm a judging. hydrated girly. Leave me yeah, alone. Excuse me. I got a Brita filter for my rusty ass sink. I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. You would think you would want women carrying babies, people carrying babies. You would want them to be hydrated since they're taking care of two beings. But okay, I would, whatever. I would think, but I guess everyone had a fucking problem. Um, I was also in a bad mood. Don't ask me why. It's because I was in labor. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, is it because you're pushing a human being out? <laughs> I'd be so, in a real bad mood. Actually, it was because I wasn't pushing a baby out because she was in there for 30 fucking hours. But, Ooh. you know, it was not a great time. I don't know why we're talking about my labor. Oh, because catheters. Anyway, <laughs> you know, we're full of ailments on this show is the moral of the story. I'd argue having a baby was a cho- a chosen ailment. Huge maybe. ailment, though. Yeah. Still an ailment. I gotta say, <laughs> still a still a doozy on the bo- old body. You know. Oh, you were gonna segue, and I don't know what you're gonna say. Nope. But I, I was, I wasn't gonna segue. I was gonna uh, keep keep it up. Okay, I was just gonna say, uh, I, I'm very, I'm doing a 180, but I'm very thrilled for our first shh tonight, which is um oh yes, oh, our yes. sad happy hour, which Eva remarked is abbreviated as shh yeah i'm excited too it like gives me anxiety because i'm like i don't like being shushed and i'm like a little worried that every time i say it people are gonna be like are you shushing me um see i'm more worried about like how much stuff we have to talk about oh it's (laughs) a long apparently it's gonna be quite a long meeting because we've been uh our sad happy hours usually are not that long usually they're like a half an hour but we've missed the last few happy hours and we've never done we've done like one ever oh i'm cons i'm considering every other meeting we've ever had that just didn't have the oh, name before of sad- recording yeah. yeah oh yeah but we've never had an official sit down like this chunk of time is just to go over shit yeah we, we had like maybe one on the phone but this time the list just keeps getting longer and now i'm adding shit to the list and i'm like oh Oh my. Okay. One well, of these things says color block apparel ideas from M and Christine. Like, do I remember that? No. Someone has <laughs> no, to remind me. No, but I me. love the idea of color a color block. block. What a you great know. idea, M. That you know had, I love apparently. a color block. Yeah. So guys, I guess look out for that. Watch this space. Because um, <laughs> color block might or might not be coming someday. Oi. Well, Christine, I guess that means we got to get things cooking if we've got a whole ass meeting after this. Let's fucking do it. Let's we actually have... Roll. We have two meetings after this. Um, we do? We have a phone call. We do? Yes. That's tomorrow, right? No, That's... we have... <laughs> we have... We're talking to our manager. Oh, oh, oh. That's part of Sad Happy Hour. She just wanted to pop in to have Sad Happy Hour. Is it? Hour. All right. Where Let's call been? it a meeting and a half. Okay. okay, sure. Here we go. Here is um kind of a story about uh in exorcisms involved, but this Are isn't you, you're not pitching this very well. I feel like if I were in in the m- meeting, I'd be like, next. Okay. This here's a, here's a story. story. Here's a story that involves exorcism. Ooh. Okay, I'm in. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. 
Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant and cushions with easy assembly and disassembly. This is the perfect thing for your outdoor space. They also just launched a new standing desk, co-pilot with adjustable height, a durable scratch-resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever. I'm in the market for a new desk, um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark. And of course, there's Burroughs Legacy seating collections like the Nomad and Range, now available in new colors. And Em and I, that's like the only piece of furniture I think we actually share is our Burroughs sofa in the podcast department. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. This is the story of Sister Magdalena of the Cross and content warning self-harm. Oh, dear. Uh, Magdalena is a family name in my family. Really? Mm -hmm. Did your family not want to include you in that or... What's oh, the it's my, co- my cousin was named Magda and she's older than me. So we didn't, I don't think they repeated names, but. Um, Is it, you think it's going to make it to the next generation? I don't know. I don't Magda- think so. Her name's Magdalena. I think it's pretty Mag- Magdalena. I don't know. It's a little too Catholic for me. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Right up there with Jesus. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, Jesus is a, is a name, a pretty popular one. I'm fine with Jesus, but if I heard someone go, oh no, actually it's Jesus. I'd go. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. What are you doing? Okay. So we are going back to the 1480s. We know it well. Oh, 1487 in Cordoba in Spain. That era of T-Swift was like... Talk about off. eras. Eras. Yeah. Um, I bet Magdalena knew the interactive <laughs> parts of the concert. <laughs> she would have at least told somebody if she got the tickets. One, two, three. Bitch. Is that how it <laughs> One, two, three, let's go, bitch. Yeah. That was close. You were. You hey, you're you're practicing. I like that. Okay. Fourteen eighty seven, Spain. Sister Magdalena is born. This mm. is where our story begins. Her parents were artists. They did not have a lot of money, but they were very religious. I Spain equals Catholic a mm. lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And in fourteen ninety two, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me write that down. Yeah, that one I think you know. Um, I think I think just so. just from the in- normal indoctrination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sounds familiar. Apparently, as Columbus was sailing the ocean blue, uh, at five years old, to rape Magdalena, and everyone. 
Sorry. Thank you. Nope, that's the truth. <laughs> we should rewrite the the jingle. Well, I think, yeah, and... well, yeah, good idea. Five-year-old Magdalena, at the same time, has a vision in church. Uh-oh. She hears music out of nowhere and sees a very beautiful man with long hair and a mantle, which like a robe worn by prophets. It was so bright that she had to close her eyes. Oh, my. This man uh, comes to her in church. She immediately tells people in, uh, in the church what happened, and they think she has been visited by Jesus. Yeah, you got to be careful back then what you say. I mean, now, too, with the, the internet. But, like, back then, you say, like, anything slightly weird, and they're like, either you're a witch or, like, you're a saint. Something exactly. dramatic is going to happen. And honestly, I guess this wasn't the era of, like, witch trials, not to my knowledge. But if you say I had a vision... That could have gone real bad for you. Yeah, exactly. That's a scary thing to admit to multiple people. Thank God they believed her and like a good way. (laughs) In a good way, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they thought she had been visited by Jesus and therefore she must be like, I guess, her own prophet or, you know, someone to look up to as a religious authority. So at five years old. So people are starting to travel to her just to meet her, just to have prayers answered or prayers, you know, interacted with. I don't totally understand how it works, but people (laughs) wanted to see her and they had prayers that she, in theory, could, you know, resolve for them. Okay. Interact with. Go one, two, three. Let's go, bitch. Um, (laughs) Vamanos. So during this. (laughs) I'm trying to think of how you say that in Spanish. I'm sure it's not that. I don't know how you say bitch. Puta? No? I think I think so. I mean, okay. it's close enough. Um, Spanish speakers, weigh it. Okay. Uh, uno, dos, tres, vamonos, puta. Beautiful. I'm going to say that at the concert. Okay. That'll definitely work in your favor. At I least. Think, I think. It's got a creative flair to it, which I appreciate. Wait, I have an idea. What if I text everyone who's going to the concert and be like, this is what we have to do. And then I. Yeah sneak away to buy a beer and then when the they do it everyone has to laugh at them the sick part is i do think you could find the name and number of every single person who's going to this oh, concert I meant my group of people but, oh. but, but yes i could also <laughs> find the several tens of thousands that will be attending yeah 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 i i i really just thought you were so casually saying i'll text them. everyone I'll text the entire stadium of people if anyone could do it it would be i you. do appreciate your immediate just getting on board and saying sure go for it i'd say uno dos tres vamonos puta you know <laughs> so uh she so now people are following uh or coming to her just to talk to her just to see her um Again, she's five, so I'm immediately running on the theory that she felt a weird pressure to mm-hmm. continue to impress. Um, but uh, so she's during this other this this time when people are approaching her, she's constantly having more visions, which mm. we don't know if that's legit or not. But you know, you decide for yourself. Yeah, and. Not only is she having visions, during this time, she is falling into religious ecstasies. Oh, no. Which, do you know what an ecstasy is? Yeah. It's... it's. I did not. So, a religious ecstasy um, is... Have you seen people have these moments? Sorry, I think there was a lag on my end, and it it sounded like I was just blurting in. Um, Have I seen someone have this? No, thank God. (laughs) Uh, apparently these ecstasies are an altered consciousness when someone 
theoretically connects to the spiritual world. I imagine this is similar to like speaking in tongues or something yeah, that, like that. That's exactly kind of how I picture it, like the Catholic version of that. I feel like it's kind of in my mind when people had seizures back then, they were like, oh, it's a religious ecstasy. But I don't. That's just my own understanding. So I don't know. Uh, I think in a world where seizures were not considered seizures yet, something, it was misdiagnosed as something. Something, right? And why not make it religious? Um, Fun fact, when it comes to religious ecstasies, uh, Christians would test people to see if they were truly having an ecstasy um, by, do you know this? Mm -hmm. What happens? They would put, I'm so sorry, needles. Oh, I knew it into their into the hands and feet of someone I, having an ecstasy to I see if they know, would react or not i did know that for some god godforsaken reason i don't know why i knew that but i did know that yeah that's horrific so um if they reacted or winced then it meant that they were still of <laughs> <Liar>! their f- <laughs> they were in their physical body with their physical consciousness and thus could have not been in the middle of ascension gotcha um so Anyway, she's going through religious ecstasies, uh, and her popularity grows. More people travel to her, and Magdalena obviously gets overwhelmed with this and mm. runs away. Oh, honey, she's so little. She runs and hides in a cave, and there she has another vision. And when she wakes up from the vision, she wakes up in her own bed. <gasps> when this happened, she claims that her guardian angel brought her home, Aww. which led her to being much more trusting in her gifts and kind of emboldened her dedication to Christianity because she truly thought her guardian angel. That's kind of cute. That's kind of cute. And then also damaging because now she's feeding into her own. Right. You know, like if this was mental illness or something, um, we're just totally ignoring that. And she's becoming very pious and what this is all about. Gotcha. Um, so she begins to deny herself pleasures and avoid temptations to impress Jesus, I guess. Mm. And soon she has another vision and Jesus comes to her and Jesus tells her to like, it's like, I appreciate, um, the penance you're giving yourself, but like, chill the fuck out. Um, if you keep doing this so intensely, it's going to affect your health. You're also five. You're also five. Like, take chill pill, girl. Like, eat an and Oreo. It's okay. Don't deprive yourself. If you gave someone from 1492 an Oreo, I think their brain would explode. I don't think... Th- I think their body would explode. They'd be like, what is hydrogenated oil? It's killed me. <laughs> What's lard? Yeah, I'm exactly. dead now. <laughs> um, have you ever seen those games on those those TikToks of, like... Things that would put a little oh, yeah. orphan girl from the past into a coma. Yes. And... <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. Um, Out of context, that sounds really bad. I don't mean it's my favorite, like, to put an c- orphan in a coma. I mean, you know, in context yeah. of the game. Yeah. We love orphans in comas. <laughs> we love that. And you know what? I'm just going to say it, and I'm not going to back down, and I'm not going to make excuses, because this is the real me. And if you have a problem... <laughs> then maybe you need to learn and listen. That's exactly you know? right. That's exactly right. It's not on us. Sorry. But um, I'm not. So uh, Jesus did not offer her an Oreo. Jesus just said, like, fucking relax. Chill. I I like to think that is actually a direct quote from the Bible. Fucking relax. Fucking um, relax. Take a chill pill. 
if that was if that was something from a bible that would be on every t-shirt by the way that a church had to offer oh yeah every it would be like it'd be their like peace pray love or whatever peace pray love yeah, is it eat pray, eat pray love i don't know eat, pray, I'm just, love. it's like I'm, a fucking a book not the bible but a book oh my god um I'd be really good at making Christian shirts, I think. My um, Bible is Eat, Pray, Love. So if you have a problem with that, you can go <laughs> Eat, Pray, Love somewhere else. <laughs> you Eat, Pray, Haters. So he he comes to her. He says, you need to relax because you are avoiding too many indulgences. You are um, denying yourself too many pleasures. Like, you're a five-year-old. Chill the fuck out. Um, and I guess she, oh, God, you're frozen again. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, Jack, our editor. I'm sorry. What a mess. It's literally been... Um, this is a disaster. A, an hour and a half of us with technical difficulties, it seems. Um, I mean, like, nonstop. Like, the number of files. And I told M, I think it's because we were talking about renovating this floor, which is where my ghost, Harry, lives. I'm like, I think maybe he's offended that we want to get rid of his rusty pipes. Uh-huh. Um, so I apologize. M loves the state of our third floor. Well, uh, loves it. Loves it. Wants to loves it. gargle the water. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. What the F all this nonsense just to hear about little five-year-old Magdalena. Magdalena. Yeah. I let's just, let's just dive in. I had to get my vape out for this. Should I just start from... A few bullets ago, and just sure. see. Jesus showed up. I remember that. And he Jesus said, showed up out. and said, "Chill," um, because she was taking her penances too seriously. Which, by right. the way, if you don't know what a penance is, because I did not, because I did of not grow up religious. I know. I live in penance. I'm going <laughs> to hell every second of every day. It's a punishment for your sins. Is that yes. right? Okay. Yes. It's basically like you are doing penance, like you are atoning for your sins. Uh huh. Okay. So uh, she was apparently doing too much at five, which, like, I don't even want to know what that Oof. looks like. But she was stressing herself out. Jesus showed up. That's how bad she was stressing herself out. Yeah, seriously. Like, even I, even Jesus hasn't even shown up for me. And I feel like on the stress level, we you and I have been pretty high up there. Yeah. So um, he shows up and says, chillax. Mm. Then she uh, decides that she's going to run back home because, remember, she ran away. Oh, my God. Wait, so, I got it. A new T-shirt. Chillax, chapter four, verse 20. Yeah. Right? That's a good one. I like that, yeah. Yeah, thanks. What what book is that from, though? A book of Christine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As you take a vape, yeah. Yeah, well, to, by the way, this is Delta 9. It's legal, federally legal in all states before anybody on the internet is like, cancel this video. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Fair enough. That's a good point. It's legal. So, uh... She runs back to her local church and she begins to pray uh, and has another bout of ecstasy. Mm. Someone finds her in the church while this is happening to her. And a fun fact, they tried to look in her eyes and in the reflection of her eyes, they claim to have seen the Holy Trinity and saints. That's a lot of things oh. to see in one eyeball. <laughs> in the reflection of her eyes. How wow. many saints are there? How Plus- close are you to this poor girl's face that you can see all that? Plus three more, the Holy Trinity. So there's there's a lot How going on s- in that eyeball. Hold on. How do you see the Holy Spirit or God? I don't understand how you see the Trinity. 
And how do you see the saints in like 4K where you know that you're looking at saints and not just like yourself in the reflection of the eyes? Right, like a blurry person. Yeah, how is it so defined? Mm. Maybe they have halos or something. Well, shortly after this, people begin claiming that she's now also healing them. Oh, okay. So uh, one guy told Magdalena or told the town that Magdalena had actually cured his limp. And another person who had trouble speaking said that she had cured his voice. Oh. So now she's also a healer. So she's becoming more and more that of Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And the church is now getting freaked out because it's like, how are you healing people? You know, these ecstasies was one thing, but now like seeing people walk without a limp that they always had is kind of crazy. Yes. Yes. Many of them were getting like skeptical at this point that like something's going on. Um, They try to interrogate her. She's five and nothing comes from it. Um, Meanwhile, the town still considers her incredibly powerful However, three months before her first communion, Uh-oh. she decides that she's going to fast until the communion. <sighs> she can't decide that. She's five. Like, that's so upsetting. Her parents would beg her to eat. Okay, well, that's good at least. And she <laughs> would say that she did not need to eat food. I would have just started shoving food in her mouth or something. I don't know. Jesus, Jesus is like, did I not? Did I or did I not just tell you to chill out? Yeah, he's like, she's really just going against. Maybe she thought that was a challenge. I don't know. She's like, oh, yeah, I get it. Wink. And she's like, no, no wink. She's like, wink. (laughs) I'm on to you, (laughs) JC. So despite her fasting for three months, she does seem to be perfectly healthy, which, by the way, like emboldens people's belief in her that like she was meant to do this and Jesus is looking after her and Mm But when her communion actually came around during the ceremony, she loses it. Apparently during the Eucharist, which again, I had to learn what that is. It's when they... Em, where have you been? You don't know what the Eucharist is? No, I've been to a church maybe 10 times in my I life. I know, but after rituals and all that nonsense, we talked about Catholicism. I feel like I taught you a thing or two. You did, but it was one of those things where... I can't simply remember every episode we've ever covered in okay, detail. fine. So I know I've heard of the Eucharist and I know that the wafer is involved, but I, I don't know <laughs> what it represents, you know? The body of Christ. And it doesn't represent the body of Christ. It is. It's literally his flesh. Okay. So anyway, during the Eucharist, when you're, the shitty wafer is turned into literal flesh and mm-hmm. you're supposed to now be a cannibal, I guess. Um, Magdalena begins screaming and falls to the floor Mm. that like as if her body can't repels this part of the ceremony. Oh no. Um, I guess because she does not want to receive Jesus. Oh no. Uh, or her, her body or soul or something does not. She ends up on the floor screaming. She gets up and says that she does not need to take Eucharist because Jesus has already, uh, put the wafer in her mouth himself nobody saw it but apparently that's what happened wait okay is this like a magic trick Uh, that's what i'm thinking yeah again this person's five i'd start to wonder like where logic ends and like a five-year-old is telling you a story begins and a five-year-old is being a five-year-old right yeah it's like i don't want to eat a shitty wafer which at 30 by the way i'd also have a panic attack if i had to eat one more of those things i think they taste good do you well it's probably a little thing called Pavlovian conditioning. 
So she says, I don't need to take Eucharist. Jesus has already like handled that. So, and then they believed her because she's got like these prophet abilities. And so they just kind of let her get away with it. AKA she never truly received Jesus. Mm. Um, if you are following the Christian understanding of that. Then a few years later, 1497, she's now 10 years old and Magdalena is now dressing very modestly uh, to humble herself. I guess the people in town thought that she was very beautiful and Uh-oh. to her that was a sin. So she was like, I, that can't, that can't be the situation. Modest is hottest. We're going to have to really <laughs> get it together. Um, and as penance for her beauty, wow. The fact that like anything could be, could need penance. Mm-hmm. She began to self harm with flagellation, which oh, is no. beating and whipping yourself. Yeah. Um, and, so you'd think like, oh man, that's that's really sad that a ten year old is whipping herself because she hates how beautiful she is. Yeah. So twisted. That's dark. It's extremely dark. Okay, hold that comment and say oh, no. it in about thirty seconds. Because after uh, self-flagellation wasn't enough, she decides to crucify herself. What? Um, okay listen is she jealous that like she didn't get stigmata like the other saints and so she's like i guess i have to do it to myself she literally on her own bedroom wall nails her feet down into the (gasps) wall and her left hand and then she's like wait a second (laughs) yeah she's like i can't get all the way that's so fucked up I mean, it's it's, but yeah, like, it, it's it's so it's so fucked up. Like it also sh- it also shows like a ten year old clearly not seeing something through, like not thinking it all the way through, right, like, it, right. even in the most basic way of like who's gonna nail down the other hand. And God. also, like, let's be realistic. And this, I know, this is a fucked up conversation to have. I'm very aware of that. But like, I am impressed is the wrong word, but I don't know physically how you actually nail your feet to a wall and then stand up and get your hand up i don't know how that actually works i agree that seems um it seems impossible impossible um i'm also impressed is the wrong word just to clarify but i am i am trying to figure out how that was even possible yeah Yeah. okay i have a fun fact about the crucifixion okay um so actually jesus uh when they crucified people back then which was a form of uh execution Mm-hmm. Like, not just Jesus. It was, like, a more widespread thing. Okay. Um, they wouldn't nail you in the hand because your your tenons would tear away too easily. And so um, they would, na- they would it, nail it, it right yeah. between here, like, on mm-hmm. your wrist. And so that's why – so actually his wrists were uh, – were the ones that were nailed in and then i always uh, wondered because i feel like some of the statues are hands some are wrists yeah it's the wrist for sure if it's at least historically accurate and um it makes your hands kind of like fold in also mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. also fun fact um i learned that in the second grade oh wow so you were just about her age yeah mrs ukater was like you know your tendons would rip out and i was like cool this seems like um a i like perfectly how healthy conversation to have in this one space we're adding science to the mix of christianity I yeah, love right it. i know i'm like i literally heard myself say oh well if his crucifixion was historically accurate and i'm like what am i saying right now this is the craziest conversation okay so uh she literally nails herself to her own bedroom wall which by the way imagine being her parents and walking in on that like they talk about parents walking in and seeing kids sharpieing the wall this is like 
that times 8,000. Your child's blood everywhere because they're they're trying to, they're trying to prove that, you know, they're (sighs) worthy or something. They're like, you won't eat a grilled cheese, but you will nail yourself to the wall. Cool. This is definitely. Well, also speaking of, I guess, not really science, but just another logical factoid that I wouldn't have even thought of is that she nailed herself to. I guess essentially drywall of the 1400s because the wall gives out under her weight and now she's nailed to a wall and the wall comes crashing down in her room and then she breaks her ribs on the floor. <gasps> oh, so she, she fell forward. She fell forward because the wall, I guess, couldn't support her weight. I mean, my weight. guess is that back in back then it was probably just like timber. Clay or, like, or something, yeah. I would think probably just like wood planks or something. She probably just knocked it over. And she fell over, cracked her ribs. And then a doctor tries to mend her wounds. Okay. And uh, she kept trying to take off the bandages to expose her wounds as penance. Again. Like, this is so, like, I wish. It's obsessive. It's like. I just wish there was, like, child therapy back then. (laughs) I know. Or any therapy. Like, this is so upsetting. Uh, And. It obviously made her sick because she was exposing massive wounds yeah. to like really important parts of her body. Yeah. Um, it, it, so it made her ill. So she was now bedridden. <sighs> and the whole time she is still fasting, by the way. I mean, so come on. How, and on top of, on top of that too, this is just like a weird thing about her. I guess not weird. That's the wrong word, but, um, People are trying to make it into a spectacle where she, I guess, had two fingers that just had some sort of, like, thing, and they never grew to full size, so they just stayed, like, the size of, like, a a baby's fingers. Okay. Um, They try to turn that into, like, oh, well, Jesus touched these, and they stayed small forever. Like, they try to turn it into a thing. What the fuck? So, she's now, she's bedridden from refusing to have bandages on her wounds, um, I wanted to throw in the, I guess, fun fact about her fingers because mm-hmm. they try to turn that into something. And while she's bedridden, as clocks as the clock struck midnight on Easter Sunday, of course, she sits up in bed, starts screaming, rips off the new bandages they just put on her, and she says that Jesus Christ has come and is healing her. Oh no! Um, and she doesn't need the wound. She doesn't need the wound bandages because he's going to heal them. Oh God, Jesus is my band aid. That's another T-shirt I'm going to make. <laughs> And uh, somehow her wounds actually are healing. I don't know how that happened. Um, Scientists weigh in. Uh, She continued, though, to self-flagellate daily for another six years. And by 16, she's doing this every night. And yet somehow her wounds are completely healed by morning. Okay. I mean, you're right. This is like deep self-harm stuff. Like, yikes. Uh, so now we're in 1504, she's 17, and Magdalena joins the convent called Elizabeth of the Angels, and she becomes a Franciscan nun. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, do you know the difference between nuns and sisters? No. Apparently, which I think once I say it, you'll have recognized it, that sisters seem to engage with the public and do acts of service and charity, whereas nuns are in solitude and rarely leave the convent. Oh, I didn't know there was a difference. So, uh, fun fact for you. I guess I'm the Christian here. That's crazy. Whoa, how the tables have turned. With the reputation she has of being a literal living saint, 
Uh, many people were thrilled that she had chosen to join a convent. And for her, the day where she was doing her holy orders, where she like takes her vows of, you know, worshiping Christ, mm-hmm. she was told to take them in private when you, that's usually not the case. Oh, um, I guess it's because she was seen as so powerful. Um, usually the church will bring in all these like nobles and an archbishop and everything, except they're usually the religious authority over you while you're promising yourself to Christ. But for her holy orders, the cardinal asked her to pray for them. Shut up. Because she, they, so immediately from like the get go, she's being seen as more powerful than them. Yeah. Yeah. She's like top of the food chain. Climbing the ladder real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was given the name Sister Magdalena de la Cruz or Magdalena of the Cross because of her self-crucifixion mm-hmm. story. Um, and during one of the prayers during this day, a dove came in and literally landed on her shoulder. And then it looked like the dove was whispering to her. <gasps> And then it's it flew <laughs> like you're Snow White. I want a I want a morning morning dove to come coo coo in my yeah head. yeah yeah. Uh, and so the he went coo 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 and then <laughs> flew up to the ceiling and continued to watch the rest of the ceremony. And many people that was the whole thought that was the Holy Spirit coming to visit her on oh, her I guess Holy Orders Day. I did ask, what does the Holy Spirit look like? Yeah, a dove. That would make sense. A dove. Uh, after this, many patrons began donating quite a lot to the church that she was a part of. So just another maybe potential pressure to continue yeah. on with this. And after she became a nun, she began having remote visions of areas that she wasn't even in. So oh. her powers are growing and she cool. could recite conversations people were having and spaces she wasn't even nearby. She's like an astral spy. Aha! I like that. Uh, she not only knew about conversations, though, she also knew where missing items were in other rooms and what was going on outside of the convent, even though she never left the convent. These are the superpowers you and I would dream of, like being able to overhear conversations and like finding all the shit that I lose. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, that's all we need in life. It's, uh, it's you know, it kind of feels like the Fasting Girls episode that I did or with Molly Fancher. And they... Yes, where she could read through a letter like she knew what it mm-hmm. said. Oh, my God. Yes. A hundred percent. That was episode 321. If anyone wants to listen to it. How do you remember that? Huh? How do you remember what episode it was? Because I looked it up on our episode guide on our website. Oh, I thought you just kind of had the thought like, huh, that reminds me of that one thing from episode 321. I was like, Jesus. Oh, (laughs) I was so impressed. I mean, I have a Rolodex in my mind that's just (laughs) constantly flipping. But Eucharist kicked right out of there. Kicked right out. Yeah. (laughs) So her reputation grew outside of Spain. And while she continued daily self-flagellations and having frequent visions, she's still fasting. She hasn't eaten since like three days before her communion or three months before her communion. Oh, boy. And now she's 17, maybe older. She claimed that she no longer needed to eat because she was sustained by the Eucharist alone. Okay. Soon her vision started having uh started leading to glimpses into the future so it wasn't just visions of things happening in other areas in the present she was now able to see the future uh one example is that she was able to predict the death of a king and she also was able to predict a cardinal coming to power (gasps) 
And people started writing to her for prayers and advice about the future. Even wealthy people were sending her generous donations and gifts. Um, It made her convent the richest in Spain. And fun fact, this is a quote. uh, King of Spain, Charles V and Queen Elizabeth asked for a piece of her habit to wrap around their own expected baby, Prince Philip II, to give him the assistance of a living saint from birth to envelop him in divine grace. What the fuck? That is also the longest request ever. Yeah. <laughs> for but a so, piece of cloth. So even royals are saying, like, please, like, can we have a relic of yours? Bless my child. And keep my kids safe. Wow. Uh, royals, again, were sending gifts and asking for prayers. Even the Pope was looking to her for prayers, which, like, you might as well Jesus. be the Pope at that point. Yeah, exactly. Step aside. She also was looked up to in decision-making for the diocese, which obviously no other nun was expected to do. And March 25th, 1518, uh, she told the abbess, which is like the convent mother. Oh, okay. Abbess, abbess, abbess. She told the abbess that she had miraculously conceived a son. (gasps) Oh! The son of Jesus. And she was pregnant with a holy child. Oh my God. I did not see this coming. Like even a little bit. You just I, shocked me. Ironically, this day, March 25th, 1518, was the feast day of the Annunciation, a.k.a. Oh boy. The day Mary found out. Oh. Christine. You went away. Christine. Christine. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. <laughs> did the last one save yes okay well oh wait welcome no oh shit did it save M? i'm gonna scream i don't even know what happened M, i'm gonna scream 
Well, at least our audio saved. Right? Okay. Like our episode saved. I mean, we're recording locally audio. <sighs> this is like such a mess. <laughs> so we'll just Jack, put like a like a fun picture up or something for the time yeah, we've we'll lost. Yeah, we'll put a stigmata, a picture of stigmata <laughs> up or something. Um. Wow. Okay, we're back. I don't know what happened. The, my browser just like fucking closed and it didn't save our video. <laughs> This is like so I the swear. part where I'm saying, hopefully we look better than we ever have on YouTube. It's just going to be a black <laughs> fucking picture. <laughs> so you're like, if you're watching on YouTube, we look crystal clear. <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh, Christine. I'm so sorry. I don't even know what I did. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm I think so it's because we keep like talking trash about Jesus or I something. I literally think it's gotta that be. somebody's mad at us is what I think. Yeah. It's got to be. This is so mortifying. I'm sorry, everybody. And I'm sorry, Jack. We owe you. Um, we're going to buy you a case of beer for this yeah, one. Yeah, something. Whatever you need. Um, wild. I don't know I'm what to tell you. not touching anything. <laughs> okay. Um, where were we? Oh, she is announcing she's conceived a holy child I think with I Jesus. I was so shaken that like I I overrode my own internet connection and just like <laughs> shut my computer down. Like that really shook me to my core. That announcement you made, and so, it was the feast of the Annunciation. So yeah, so um, March twenty fifth, fifteen eighteen, ironically, is the day of the feast day of the Annunciation, which is when Mary found out she was pregnant with a holy child right so of course happy anniversary now we've got another oh God, generation a grandma yeah oh um, God, this is so fucked up so now she is pregnant and the abbess was and i hope i'm saying abbess right i'm sorry i I'm think you are I new to are. a lot of phrases uh the abbess was real worried about this coming out because half the convent actually believed her and uh -oh. the other half thought she had just broken her chastity and was hiding behind her power yeah. um three midwives gross examined her <gasps> and say that her gross virginity was still intact no thus it must be a true immaculate conception and anyone who doubted her has to give penance Okay, I'll so give some penance, I guess, because I don't fucking believe it. The ultimate gaslighting. Yeah, uh, right? So, fun fact, during her pregnancy, Magdalena got more serious about her penances because no. whipping herself and fasting and uh, never letting wounds heal was not enough. She began, while pregnant, walking on broken glass. Like, hello, now there's a baby to care for. Stop hurting Jesus' baby. And you know she's um, walking on broken glass and then not letting the wounds heal properly. So God damn, this is disturbing. Christmas Eve arrives. Of course, they knew on the day when this baby might be coming. They gotta share a birthday. Gotta. Christmas Eve arrives and Magdalena prepares for giving birth soon. But she does it, interestingly, in a house with no witnesses. Oh, no. And she claims that she needed to do this on her own without any medical help because, quote, it was more, it was important to suffer more. So she's saying, like, oh, it's penance again. It's penance. What the f This is like, she's so mentally ill. This is horrible. Yeah. So three days later, she comes out and says that she did, in fact, give birth to a son who 
shines so bright that it the house lit up like daytime. Okay. Okay. And yet no one saw through the windows a shining situation. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, she said during those three days that her usually black hair turned into blonde ringlets. Okay. She said that she swaddled the baby in her blonde ringlets. She said that she wanted to cut some of them off as a keepsake. Um, but when she woke up, her hair was black again and the baby was gone. And we should just all be okay with that. Oh, a, no. A missing oh. holy child. Oh, no. Now, I feel like your brain is going true crime real quick. Um, no, but... it's not. It's oh, going okay. mental illness. Okay, cool. Because I didn't want you to think that, like, oh, she did have a baby and killed no, it. No, I That's don't not think where that this... part really okay. happened. <laughs> uh, she did show... Well, apparently people saw signs of her actually being pregnant. I'm wondering if there was, like, a belly or something. A pillow. Mm. or it could be like pregnancies i don't know or it could be like i didn't know i was pregnant and she's just somehow rocked this the skinny look i don't know yeah. you know so i don't know i don't know what well, she she's told wearing people all these big modest outfits you know I, mean, I don't think it would be like you're totally right she could have stuffed her tummy i'm just saying uh let's see or so there is what? a such thing as a hysterical pregnancy that's true where like you you believe you're pregnant and your body actually shows signs of pregnancy and that's like more common than you think so that could be if she really yeah. believed it. Well, she really believed she also gave birth to a baby who vanished and her hair went from black to blonde to black. So yeah, that should tell us all we need to know, I think. But she did show signs of having recently given birth and Uh-oh. of recently breastfeeding. So she had like her chest was what? chapped and looked really uh, swollen. What? midwives again gross examined her and and i say gross not because like an examination is gross gross? (laughs) because like i'm sure they're go they're it's violating when it's unneeded especially like to see if her virginity was intact and stuff that part was definitely gross for sure but anyway they do an examination on her and say that she has just gone through birth her body is showing full signs of having just gone through birth what in the world the curls that she cut off are considered to be relics by oh, some. I thought she didn't get to cut them off. I think she cut them off like kind of a la Tangled Rapunzel where like once it was cut, the magic went away. Oh. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. The, so she did cut some curls off and they're considered to be relics, um, but others started doubting that any of this was genuine. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. And they tested her by waiting until she went into another ecstasy and putting needles in her hands and feet god i was waiting for the needles to come back she actually did not move so they thought that was weird um yeah but she walks on broken glass for a living that's true she's so used to pain at this like, point Like hello she could probably just ignore it so she was locked away this was another test they did she was locked away with guards for 24 hours to fast and somehow she appeared in the garden like oh. and she claims that saint francis teleported her she had to have used a different word because there's no way she knew the word teleport in the 1500s his hoverboard arrived at my window yeah (laughs) so um but uh, i mean anyone could argue that maybe she paid off a guard or she said like i am a prophet you have to listen to me and then she climbed out the window or she climbed out the window um but they tried locking her away to the best of their ability and the guards denied ever letting her out and she appeared in the garden obviously teleporting Mm -hmm. and when a spot opened for abbess when the 
last one was retiring. Magdalena pretty quickly became the new abbess and a very cruel one because remember, she loves her (gasps) penance. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about it being on other people. She began demanding intense penance on the nuns. She would, she switched out the whip so they would have iron tips. (gasps) Oh, my God. And she began to make them crawl on the floor. Uh, and lick other nuns' shoes in the shape of the cross. Okay, so this is just, like, now becoming a very abusive situation, not just toward herself, but now other people. This is disturbing. This is another quote. Uh, This is from The Baffler, which I sure am baffled. Um, (laughs) Written by us. Yeah. It says... They were encouraged to wear crowns of thorns and belts with spikes pointing inward, to kneel on nail-studded boards, to stretch out on the floor, and to have other nuns walk over them. Oh, my God. She was known now as Mother Magdalena, as the convent mother. And she said she, by the way, everyone else still had to, but she no longer had to attend confession because I guess God told her that she didn't have to. And that she was recently experiencing souls from purgatory appearing before her and confessing to her. And if souls were coming to her for confession in lieu of God, then all of the nuns need to confess to her instead of priests. So so she can control their penance. Yeah. And and my literal next thought before you said it was, okay, so she's God now in her own mind because she doesn't have to confess to God Mm-hmm. And then and others are people confessing, are confessing to, her. to her. So she's kind of, God is not needed in this equation anymore. She cut out the middleman. Exactly. Just confess to me. And, in which um, case, why do you need penance? Unless and it's that's so controlling too, to be like, everybody in the, in the place has to tell me what's going on and what they did. You know, what's particularly sick is that if she's now giving them intense penance and she's acting as God, she gets to pick their horrible penance and it's for her, not for God. You know, yeah, true. Like she's determining like, it. I so won't forgive you until you do this. You're and seeking my forgiveness, not God. So kneel on this glass. Oh God, that's so upsetting. Despite support from nobles, dignitaries, and high clergymen, the nuns in her convent were scared shitless of her and Good. would obviously lie to avoid trouble. Good. I was like, did they have to? Because they're nuns. It's like you're stuck at this point. You're like, I don't want to lie. Like that's a sin. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm glad. I like to. Th- I like to the think f- there was like a secret club or something mm-hmm. where they were like, "Let's." When she's not around, we have to like, yeah, actually figure this out. Yeah, we can confess to each other or like to real God. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So she seemed to give worse punishments to those she did not like. Kelsapreze. Kelsapreze. <laughs> like Sister Isabella, who ran against her for abbess. <gasps> She also turned down girls coming to the convent for random reasons. And then Mm. she started getting petty with her visions. One example was that uh, she had a vision, looked at one of the sisters and said, the Holy Virgin has appeared to me and led me about the corridors last night. And she smiled at you, sister. But then she would look at a nun she didn't like and say, but she only gave you a long look of scorn. Oh, no. So it's like only the Holy Virgin only kind of is okay with you as i am yeah it's so weird how they mirror but she is my mother-in-law so you know 
we just want to keep our relationship friendly and close. I I did have a baby with her son, so you know we're you know I see her for Thanksgiving. That's about it. It's not yeah, that serious. TBD on where the baby is. Um, but you know yeah, he I'm he sure flew away like a dove or something. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, check the rafters. Potentially out of fear, Magdalena was still reelected as abbess two more times. She probably rigged the fucking votes, or she probably whatever yeah least surprising thing ever yeah and when isabella finally did beat her eventually and became abbess she made magdalena lick the floors in the shape of a cross <gasps> so go isabella has there not been a fucking bbc like snappy uh dramedy about this like i want to watch this i want to watch isabella finally get hers and <laughs> she said i waited a long time but one two three let's go bitch lick yes! the floors yes but she said, uno, dos, tres. And then <laughs> Puta licking the floor. So now that uh, she was off of her high throne as the abbess, the other nuns began to ignore her visions and ecstasies because she no longer could give them, make them do anything. <laughs> so they used to help like bring her to bed when she was having one of her like visions. But now they would just leave her on the floor. Um and then some of the nuns found a box of wafers under her bed. <gasps> so uh, she was she had this, I guess, act where during some of her ecstasies, she would like manifest magically this Eucharist wafer. Shut up. And now that they found a box of them under her bed, they're like, okay, this doesn't seem like they were so manifested as you just had oh, it in your pocket. Oh, dear. Um. In 1543, Magdalena got sick, and when a priest came to take her final confession, she went into ecstasies again. Of course, probably to avoid having to confess anything. Yep. And the priest said that her eyes moved around wildly, which indicated a fake ecstasy. <gasps> He's like, I've seen this one before. And just in case, he decided to do the needle thing again, and he was going to poke her with when she went into another bout of this. And she did not react, but interestingly, she did react while her eyes were closed and didn't notice what was happening. He dipped the needles in holy water and then tried stabbing her. And oh. that's when she reacted and she freaked out. What the fuck? First weird. of all, not sterile. They're dipped in holy water. Um, that, that is, that's sterile, right? Isn't are it, they sterile? Isn't there like a little, a little oil in that? Well, it's like a from God, right? So... Oh, so like not scientifically S sterile. I don't know. No, of course not scientifically. <laughs> but who, <laughs> but who cares that? about that? <laughs> but who needs that? So uh, she freaks out when the holy water needles are touching her. And this is when he says, oh, she must be possessed. And oh, he's like, oh, it's been a devil this whole time. Cool. This whole time. She must be. Must be. And the next few weeks, she does seem to often be writhing there's a quote writhing in convulsions and speaking blasphemies hmm. mother isabella she, i'm surprised she even gives a shit she mm -hmm. should be like you know what you can rot but mother isabella calls an experienced priest and orders the demon to say its name and this is when <laughs> magdalena laughs maniacally and uh -oh. says there's a demon in her named balbin balbon uh, -oh. uh and when they begin a formal exorcism, another demon called Patorio says that he's also there. So there's been I'm here too. So there's a little ragtag duo so bon inside bon of her. And <laughs> Pinocchio. Okay, yeah, who else? 
<laughs> so the demons, they say that she, when she was five years old, made a deal with the devil. <gasps> when she saw the beautiful man at church who uh, everyone thought was Jesus, it was actually Satan. And he, <laughs> okay. and he promised her fame for her obedience. So that's how oh, we got where we are today. Intriguing. I did not. This is a plot twist. Well, I told you there was a little bit of an exorcism here. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. Apparently, the beautiful man was never Jesus. It was Satan all along. And they said that it was because at five years old she was in fact a very good religious girl, but they wanted to quote ruin one of God's favorites. That's so. That's so fucked up. AKA all of her visions were never from God. They were always of the devil. Oh dear. Another quote from the baffler. Uh, during this exorcism, the baffler says the inquisitor made the sign of the cross over her and she rolled on the floor, striking indecent poses and mimicking the vile copulations that she had performed with Balbin for nearly 40 years. The cries of ecstasy that the nuns had heard so often coming from the cell were the sounds of this satanic lovemaking. It was Balban who secretly fed her all the years when she claimed to eat nothing but a communion wafer. Her pregnancy was a cruel joke they had played on the nuns and the clergy. She was impregnated with a monstrous caterpillar, which escaped from her body with a loud wind that came from that famous Christmas night before changing into Balban himself and repossessing her with unprecedented vigor. I think I'm higher than I thought. <laughs> what? <laughs> but actual... Fuck! Did you just say to me? That's why I didn't try to change any of it. I was I'm like, I'm so just... glad you just fucking rolled with it because my jaw was on the fucking floor, and then caterpillar, and I couldn't even <laughs> hold from it in anymore from beginning to end. So apparently, she has been sleeping with this demon since she was five years old. Fucking hell! Um, and she during the exorcism started positioning herself in ways that mimic. The, what she had been doing with the demon for the last 40 years. Okay. Um, they, everyone realized the screams they had heard, her ecstasies were actually a different type of ecstasy, if you Yuck. know what I'm saying. And uh, and the pregnancy was never a holy child. It was, as you said, a caterpillar. <laughs> and then the caterpillar was born and turned into the demon who then repossessed her. So he was in her, then he got out of her, Ew, then he went back in her. Uh, okay. Foul. This is just horrifying caterpillar are you fucking kidding me okay caterpillar like really there wasn't anything mother animal she could think of <sighs> yeah and also i guess if we're like totally looking at this warped story it would make sense why she felt the need to do so much penance because it was actually the demons torturing her from the inside out right and they're like yeah 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 that's a good point it's like yeah you'll be famous but you'll be fucking miserable the whole time you know? yeah so magdalena was eventually fully exercised and Ended up going to court. I don't know what she was sued for, but I guess for... I would sue her for probably a number of things at this point. I don't know if it was for, like, the assaults that she had committed mm -hmm. as and called them penance. I don't probably know if it was not. For fraud. That part was probably allowed. It was probably something yeah. different, honestly. All I know is they, like, sent her away from the convent and they had the courts deal with her. And the courts oh, pretty geez. much decided that... Uh, they said a possessed person, so they're really running with like, oh, she was possessed. They mm -hmm. That wasn't even up for debate. Um, they said, oh, well, you were possessed, and the only way that we know that you wouldn't be possessed anymore is if you could confess, uh, uh, basically, 
A possessed person could only confess if they were truly exercised, implying that they were genuinely repenting. And because she was at church and telling her side of the story, they considered that a confession. Um, And due to all this and her age, which is now like 60, Mm. they sentenced her to this was her punishment for everything she's ever done to people. This was her punishment. Quote, to stand on a scaffold for an afternoon with a cord around her neck, a gag in her mouth, and a candle in her hand for everyone to see her repenting. She was forbidden to wear a black veil for three months, and she had to walk last everywhere when in a group. Which, like, the social anxiety of that last one is real. Yeah, but, like, I had to do that when I was little, and I didn't fucking do anything wrong. It was just, you know. I always ended up last in a group on the sidewalk. But Me too! I was always that person who walked on the grass and not the sidewalk. Yeah, of course you were. <laughs> but a- <laughs> the least surprising thing ever. But apparently that's a full religious court-decided punishment. punishment. Um, I mean, they so- couldn't even Snapchat that back then. Like, what's the no. what's the point? Like, you get to entertain yourself for see her up there. And you afternoon. don't even get a photo of it. And after that afternoon, I guess, she was moved back to a different convent where, like, if you don't ever leave the convent, you don't even have to worry about walking on a sidewalk in a group or whatever it is. Yeah. She ended up in 1560 at 74. She uh, died after moving to a different convent. And today she is an example to be skeptical about divine experiences (gasps) because... Not because of mental health awareness, but because no, sure, of the of devil. Because the oh, devil dear. is so good at tricking you into thinking something. You know, it's disturbing because remember at the beginning I was like, oh, if she were anyone else, this would have been a witch trial instead. And like right after that, the witch shit started happening. So mm-hmm. it's like an interesting little segue mm-hmm. that they're yep. like, oh, it's the devil is in her. Oh my God, Em, what a so, wild tale. I know. So a lot of people believe that I guess her case was legit, but I mean, there were some things that never got explained and like seem a little hard to wrap your head around. But right. So a lot of people do allege she was truly demonically possessed. Other people think that maybe she was just mentally ill. I am one of those people. Yeah, I would. I would probably agree with you on that one, or at least it's most likely. But what a story. Like, I had no fucking clue. And there were a lot of plot twists. I, like, I, I did not see the pregnancy coming. I did not see, like, oh, the my caterpillar? God. It was a, the caterpillar? Okay. The caterpillar's on another level. That was, like, not a plot twist. That was, like, a fucking plot tornado. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, caterpillar. What? Baby caterpillar? Demonic caterpillar? It's very... It's a lot. Uh, Wow. Good did job, you have em. fun? I mean, I think so, except for all the times that, like, I fucked up our recording, so... Okay, well, hey, we could still do it again. So hey, it's only two and a half hours into our recording session. So um, <laughs> if that tells you anything, folks, like I don't know what the audio is at right now, but um, yeah, it's gonna a be a, it's 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 a lot. I have a good one for you today, Em. I'm ready. This is the story of the Lady of the Dunes. I don't know what that is. <gasps> okay, I thought you might because it's a Massachusetts story. Mm-mm. Okay, so we're going to P Town. Provincetown. You know it? I know it not well, but I know it. Uh, <laughs> we're just acquaintances. Um, <laughs> we, we've met at a party once or twice, but that's yeah, not Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's awesome. 
I've been there. It's known for being like very gay and just Ooh. like a fun fucking time. That's um, all you had to say. Sign me up. I know, man. Well, I thought maybe like yeah, I thought maybe you knew of it. Um, but I've been there. It is a delight. Uh, you should go, folks, if you have not. Um, it's on the tip of Cape Cod in Massachusetts. But way back in the day, before it had a really great pride, et cetera, um, it was a whaling and fishing town. So, Ooh, okay. You know, it had its origins, uh, much like probably a lot of other small towns on the East Coast. It was a whaling and fishing town that saw a lot of hard times. But by 1916, this is where we see the shift, it began to shift into a thriving art community with painters, writers, actors flocking there every summer. Um, many of these artists and creators were gay, and the town became known as a place where the LGBTQ plus community could gather, you know, as like a safe haven almost, if that makes Precious. sense. Precious. Yeah. Yep. In the 50s and 60s, police tried to shut down drag shows and gay bars. Good thing that's in the past. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. But business owners fought back uh, because these laws, well, they weren't good, but also they were hurting tourism. So it was okay. like, you know, let's support the gay people because they bring us money. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Whatever path we got to take, I guess. Rainbow um, capitalism, baby. Right, rainbow <laughs> capitalism. Exactly, exactly. So Provincetown kept blossoming, and then in the 70s, it became like just like a summer party destination. And it does have a year-round population, which is very low. So it's about 3,000, barely. Okay. Uh, but at, in the summer, this their population can jump to 60,000. Wow. From 3,000 to 60,000. That's... I'm I'm trying to do math and I don't even know why. That's that is, crazy. That's, all I know is that it's fifty seven thousand tourists uh, that's coming oh, to town in a day or like you know in one period of time. What is that like twenty two times the amount of people that are usually there? Jesus, My, yeah, a lot, a lot. Um, so a lot of people, you know, come and go through this area through its history as an LGBTQ plus safe haven. It's been highly valued for being kind of secluded and a little bit anonymous. And uh, that kind of anonymous culture sheltered many people from discrimination. There were other, the other side of that coin, I guess, is that uh, people exploited that anonymity. In other words, it could be easier to get away with crimes in a place like this because you're a stranger and people respect your privacy because, you know, there are people here who have been discriminated against for being queer or other or different. And so, you know, they're, they're trying to give everybody their own solace, but some people take advantage of that and commit crimes knowing that sure. they can get away with it. Sure. So on July 26th of 1974, a 12 year old girl was hiking with her family a little East of race point beach when she spotted the body of a woman lying face down in the dunes. Okay. The woman was in a dense thicket of scrub pines, and her body had been there for nearly two weeks under mm. the summer sun and was badly decomposed. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know how hot it gets there, but the summer for two weeks is all I really need to hear. And yeah, like by also the ocean. by the water. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the woman was naked. Her head was resting on a pair of her own Wrangler brand jeans, sort of like she was sunbathing. Okay. Uh, and, and a blue bandana was down there as well. And she was lying on a beach blanket. 
So it was almost as if she had been actually the girl uh, thought that this woman was asleep at first. Okay. Um, from a distance because she was so still and she was lying as, as though she were like sunbathing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that uh, illusion was quickly shattered because her head was crushed. Holy crap. Yes. Crushed? Like, yes. could it so, have hit a, a rock on the ocean or something? So, no, she was up in the dunes. So she was. Oh, right. And she was sunbathing. Uh, yeah, she appeared to have been sunbathing. Mm-hmm. So basically her, let me just, I'll just give you the facts here. She had suffered severe head trauma. Her face was crushed and she had been nearly decapitated. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so I also think, and also I'm going to use my context clues. And because you keep saying appear to have been sunbathing, I feel like maybe she was placed that way because there's no way you just get casually decapitated and you don't. And you're just lying there and letting Very it happen. interesting because there is definitely a debate about that. Okay. So, yes, you're on okay. to it. Okay. You've read the context clues properly. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so she had also been strangled, uh, but the cause of death was ruled as blunt force trauma. And the blow to her head was so severe, like I said, her skull had been crushed. Hmm. There were also signs of sexual trauma. Of course. Of course. She had been penetrated with a wooden object after (gasps) her death. And you know the only way they knew that was because there might have been splinters. Oh, God. That's so horrible. That's That's so horrible. It's horrific. So the weird part is, which is basically what you just alluded to, there was no no and i mean zero sign of a struggle at all okay it seemed like she didn't fight back at all even the pine needles like next to her body were undisturbed like everything was just completely placid investigators believe she knew her killer and that she was asleep when someone came up behind her sure and attacked her and bashed in her skull sure so i guess this is where i say that is the theory of, among people who believe that she was sunbathing in that spot and that she was just asleep or just didn't see it coming. Right. For he, her to not move at all. And yeah. Show for her to have struggle. no reaction whatsoever. Um, so that's the theory. But then some people kind of what you said, think like, well, she must have been placed there because there's zero sign of a disturbance at all. So it's kind of, debated Mm, especially i would say that currently because if you're going to decapitate a person and there's no like significant pools of blood anywhere so there was blood okay just by the time people got there it was gone or you know i i wonder if that's part of it i think also everything just seemed so contained that it was like that exactly some people are with you and are like there's no way this happened right here Mm. so it's 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 unclear so you you are onto something that that's a point of contention okay um among people it gets worse because her hands had been cut off uh at the wrists and presumably to remove fingerprint evidence and erase her identity and on that note might as well make it worse the killer also removed her teeth oh yeah dental records yeah exactly and that just goes to show in my mind someone 
knew what they were doing. Yeah, or at least, yeah, sure. Knew what they I mean, were doing. this is the time before forensic files and all that, so it's like, okay, it's not necessarily common knowledge, you know, unless you are in the criminal circles where you know to remove someone's teeth after you murder them, you know. I wonder if that was why the near decapitation happened. Like they were just trying to get rid of the whole oh, head, God. and they just like it ended up being too difficult, so they couldn't get through it. So then they plan B was remove the teeth. You know what? I wonder if that's part of it. But even if, yeah, true. Because if but they're I, taking, if they're not getting rid of the fingers, they're just getting rid of the whole goddamn hand. Right. Maybe not get rid of the teeth, but get rid of the whole goddamn face. Because the face could also have been identified of identifiable. True, but they did kind of bash her face. In. Oh, like they did. They did attack her face, and I think that probably is what they were trying to do. Is I don't know about the that you you might be right on that 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 was part of their plan originally. Um. So yeah, it's all just so. I mean, it's horrific. It really is. Um, And so, you know, she'd been there for two weeks. Obviously, her body had been, like, brutally assaulted. And so it was just almost – it was impossible to identify her, to figure out who this person was. So they tried to trace their – the police tried to trace any tips they could to construct an identity because how are you supposed to find the killer if you don't even know who was killed? Mm -hmm. So – what they determined about this woman, she was white, roughly five foot six, 145 pounds, and could have been anywhere between 25 and 35 years old. She had red hair and her toenails were painted pink. Hmm. There's something about those details that are like so intimate and like. Yeah, it says more about her personality. Right. And like about like what they were doing and. Ugh. So a dental also, friend. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, also, like, pink fingernails. It's like, you know she was fun. And, like, you yes, know she was, Yes, and she's, like, like, going to the beach. You know, it's... There's something so dark and twisted about that specific detail. It's sad. A dental forensics examiner painstakingly pieced the pieces of her skull and teeth, the remaining teeth, back together mm. um, in an attempt to, like, create, uh, like, a facial reconstruction of her. They were able to determine she had seven gold crowns on her teeth. And at the time, in the mid-70s, this would have been around $8,000 worth of dental work. Wow. So basically, this is someone well off or who has been treated well off in the past. Unfortunately, despite being such a gruesome and brutal murder in like what's considered a very safe place... There were zero leads. Mm -hmm. And the entire region, like, took off with this story. So one journalist named Steve DeRochas said in a documentary on the case, quote, At its core, it's an unsolved crime. But over the years in Provincetown, it's sort of taken on, I guess you'd call it almost a ghost story. Mm. One thing you have to understand about life out here is that everything gets romanticized and mythology can take over very quickly. Ooh, okay. This woman became the Lady of the Dunes. Mm-hmm. News of her vicious killing went global. Everyone wanted to know who she was, but no one came forward with any missing persons reports. They, they like, scoured the area for any matching missing persons reports. Not a single one matched. And keep in mind, it was tourist season, peak of the summer. You're getting tens of thousands of strangers from all over the world coming yeah, here. So could she have been could anyone. Be, 
anyone from anywhere. And same goes for the killer. Like that person yeah. could have been anyone from anywhere. I mean, they could have like even known each other and been on vacation together yes. and like one left. Yeah. Exactly. Like there's no way to know if she even knew the person. So a forensic anthropologist attempted to create a 3D facial reconstruction with clay and police were able to release sketches of what she may have looked like when alive. There was one detective named James Meads and he was determined to follow every single lead. He followed up on thousands of phone calls from people who thought maybe their daughter, their sister, their friend was the missing lady of the dunes. He had people for years, send in dental records trying to match them to the teeth that they had of the Lady of the Dunes, but not one ever matched. He mm. would go on television. He, out, outside of work, would go and report in national magazines trying to ask for tips. He traveled around the country personally on his own dime to follow up on leads. Like, this was his case. Wow. He also contacted thousands of dentists, hoping someone would have records of this very expensive at the time dental work i mean that's a smart move that's the best play to, to have is like right? we know how much this would have cost because it narrows it it's down significantly significantly yeah yeah so every lead despite all of its hard work led to a dead end detective meads had the victim's body buried in a cemetery under a grave marker that read unknown female which is like not quite romanticized but mm -mm. you know he actually kept her skull as evidence um, to continue comparing dental records uh, to missing persons. And he kept it close by as a reminder to keep working on this case diligently nonstop. So in 1980, investigators exhumed the woman's body to take blood samples. You know, it's been mm. half a decade. They're like, maybe we have furthered our technology. We can, we can get some more clues. Their hope was to match her blood type uh, to that of a missing person. Okay. Uh, they got the blood samples, no matches. Seven years later, which is now 13 years after the murder in 1987, a woman in her early 20s called from Canada, called Detective Meads, with a bizarre report. She said she remembered seeing her father, this is wild, she remembers seeing her father strangle a woman in Provincetown when she was a child. What? Right? Okay. What the fuck? Strangle and kill? I believe so. Wow. And she believed maybe this woman was the Lady of the Dunes because they would spend time in P-Town and that's where this happened, her memory. Yeah. But... This woman, so this was like one of the biggest leads they had. This woman ended up moving and never contacted police again, and they could never mm. find her. Oh, and so this what? Was, I know. So this was just like this lead that... She must have gotten freaked out or felt guilty or it something. It makes you wonder. And like, sure, it's the 80s, so maybe she moved and she like changed the phone number and it was hard to track her down. Or, you know, maybe there was some... You're right, like maybe her dad was still alive and she was being threatened, or maybe she retracted her story. Who knows? But... In any case, she never they could never find her and she never reached back out to police. So this was like a big, big, big dead end. Mm. The trail, unfortunately, went cold, even though tips kept rolling in. But investigators didn't give up. Um, of course, the town of Provincetown largely moved on. But the Lady of the Dunes became almost like a folkloric, like a mythical figure. 
and people would grow up hearing her story and contemplating who this could be and I mean just the mystery of like not knowing who this like beautiful young woman is you know it's Mm -hmm. obviously like captivated people Detective Meads was like still as go get him uh, till the day he retired. But at a certain point, he realized he had to accept that he might never solve this murder. And, Mm. you know, he retired and his only hope was that another detective would step in and care as much as he did. Is there? Is there what? Did, did anyone show up? Anyone oh, is dedicated? We'll, we'll see. We'll hmm. see. And hmm. her name was Christine Schiffer. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish I were making big waves like that in the world. But um, the day but, that you otherwise. tell me that you're like covering an episode and you're like, by the way, I cracked the goddamn case. This is episode one where I actually figured it out before anyone else. I'd believe it. I wouldn't that, even be like. That's the best part. You literally thought I could text an entire stadium of people just on a whim, <laughs> like individually text all of them. So I I don't doubt that I have your full support no matter what I tell you. If you told me you solved a, a, a murder, I'd be like, well, that was kind of destined to happen, huh? What if you I know? told you I was pregnant with the devil's baby? Also... I mean, I would have at least three questions, <laughs> but I would, it wouldn't take much. No, other people, wouldn't. other people, it would may, they'd maybe have 10 questions, you know? So, but you just have a couple clarity, clarifying questions and then you're on board. I would just be like, sure. Of, of course. course. Of course. I could I don't, how did I not see this coming? Yeah. Kel Surprise. So in 2000, uh, the Lady of the Dunes body was exhumed again, and this time it was to take DNA samples because we've fast-forwarded through forensic science, and now we can test DNA. A woman in Colorado at that time believed the Lady of the Dunes was her daughter, who had actually escaped prison in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and had gone missing in 1974, the year Mm. that the Lady of the Dunes had died. So they took a saliva sample from her to see if there was a match to the body, and they weren't related. So this this specific uh, lead was a dead end. But they were now able to use this DNA in the future if anybody else came forward and said, you know, I think I know who this is. So unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because, I don't know, it just must be, it's just tough to hear that they exhumed her a third time in 2013. It's almost like. Give it up. No. <laughs> like, just let her rest. Let that's her rest. The, that's the thing. It's like, you know, they're doing it to try and give her, like, a proper burial and identity. So it's like, of course I want them to. But it's like, it's like heartbreaking every time they dig her up again, you know. And then it's like the, she's not resting. You know what I yeah. mean? Is it's what like it what like. Jesus said. Like, fucking relax. Chill out, you know. But yeah. no, but like, I want, you know, I want them to to keep working toward this. It's just yeah. like, it's hard to hear. So meanwhile, you know, we're now in the internet age in the 2010s, and people are launching their own investigations. People are writing books about the case. They're speculating in forums about who the Lady of the Dunes could be. Some people actually believe she was an immigrant from Ireland who got caught up in some human trafficking scheme in Provincetown. Mm. But also, James Whitey Bulger, you know him? No, should I? Oh my God! Yes, he's like one of the most famous like Boston mafiosos, Whitey Bulger. I I, I feel like the name about. Whitey is a classic like mob name, but I well, don't. Well, he's like uh, he's like a 
top tip top of the top crime okay. boss situation. Tip top of the top. Got it. Yeah. And he frequented Provincetown in the 70s. Okay. And he was a notorious mobster from Boston. Uh, he was spotted several times in local bars in P-Town. And some people believed that he could have been linked to the killing, especially with, like, cutting off the hands, removing the teeth. Like, apparently mm-hmm. that was a thing that he did. And it was, like, to hide the identity. So, you know, it wouldn't be that shocking. Um, and investigators couldn't prove that there was a link between Whitey Bulger and this victim. But it, it, it's a theory. In 2013, Whitey Bulger was arrested after a life of crime. He had been convicted of 11 murders, was given two life sentences. He was a a bad dude. Um, and he didn't go to prison till his 80s. So, you know, he lived oh, wow. out a majority of his life just the way he fucking wanted as a villain. Uh, and then in his 80s, he actually went to prison and was beaten to death by other inmates. Wow. So detectives on the Lady of the Dunes case acknowledged they were running out of time to charge someone with her murder because whoever did it would either be very old or dead by this point. You know, it's been so many decades. They hoped maybe Whitey Bulger or someone would make like a deathbed confession and solve this cold case, which, by the way, was Massachusetts' oldest cold case. Mm. But like I said, James Whitey Bulger ended up being beaten to death in prison there was never a confession and no one else ever came forward but people kept speculating in 2015 a college professor and his students took by the way coolest college professor ever like let's solve a uh, yeah. cold case i mean hello we i want to be in it, that class it, no you would be the professor of that class <laughs> okay kids listen up yeah. leona <laughs> grab your shovel <laughs> oh lord So in 2015, a college professor and his students took soil samples from the crime scene because people were still visiting this dune, like where the body was found. This was almost like people would stop by. It's like almost a tourist attraction. By the way, when I went to P-Town, I did not know it was the location of Lady of the Dunes or I probably would have gone. You would have absolutely gone. Yeah, we all know I would have gone. Um, Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't Uh know. Next time. So they were hoping in this college course to uncover some sort of DNA evidence, but it's been 41 years after the crime at this point, and it's sand. (laughs) Like, it's the beach. It's sand. Like, you're looking for DNA samples. That's going to be... I don't think I know... I don't think I understand, like, what... Like if DNA, DNA, I, I assume when it comes to sand, because it's loose ground, nothing's going to stay absorbed for very long or it could get moved around very easily, especially after 40 years, it could get kicked up. And, right. But I don't know if like maybe like sand granules actually do hold, like they absorb it enough. That maybe if you, you can... dig deep enough to like soil, maybe there's soil under there. I don't know how sand works. Which like it, it is wild that... uh like if let's say there is like sand because i would imagine sand is absorbent but then i would imagine it just turns into like like kitty litter like it becomes like Like, a solid mass yeah which maybe that would have made it easier for them to just pick up the bloody samples and toss them and that's why we never found anything but also dna could be like pieces of hair or like fingernails you know so maybe that it's wild to think that there could be like on that on that beach there could be a piece of hair right that That would like just 
crack just, the case wide open. Yeah. And and you think about like a, a town like that. I mean, this is Massachusetts. Think about the winters. Think about mm-hmm. uh, storms. Like in 40 years, you have one fucking hurricane or one storm. And I imagine most of that sand and shit is washed away. But listen, this is why, despite M's belief in me, I am not a professor of forensics. <laughs> I just... The Read only you're telling me the only thing that you have like minimal confidence in is like soil samples. So like, <laughs> okay, I still believe fair, you have a chance. Fair. Just we'll so do, we're clear, uh, like internet forensics. I could probably teach that. You know, like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. social media forensics. How, how to hack into a mainframe in thirty yeah, seconds a, or less? Just your casual mainframe one hundred and one. You know. <laughs> yeah. um, now I have a very fun fact for you, and I'm surprised. I was surprised when you said you didn't know Lady of the Dunes, not necessarily for any reason except like this fun fact which you might have heard of because it's it's uh it's a doozy so in 2015 joe hillstrom king son of stephen king oh came up with a theory i immediately believe it i know and it's so creepy and good he has to be careful with the type of power he has sorry i don't want to keep interrupting no he said that basically he said like listen knowing who i am maybe i'm just sending everyone in the wrong direction yeah but but he had a thought and it's a very compelling i will say so he thought he was watching jaws as the son of stephen king would and uh he realized that one of the extras in the background of the beach scene looked identical to the recreations of the Lady of the Dunes. Hmm. So Jaws was filmed right nearby in 1974, the same summer as her murder. And when he released this, he basically, he put it out there that he felt it was too silly, quote unquote, to take to the police. Like he put it on Tumblr because he was like, I don't want to like, like you said, like throw some wild Thing into the mix so we wanted to test it out on the public first and people went fucking bananas the theory went viral people were trying to track down cast records for the extras and jaws like people were zooming in to like look at who this person was and you know to not so much success because it turns out they didn't the director did not have anybody write their names down for being an extra it was okay. the 70s. You could just wander on set and be an extra. Sure. Yeah. So that so that's too bad. Um also, if you see, actually I'm going to pull up the photo for you cuz it it's it's a uh, it's pretty creepy. This is a an angle of the extra wearing Wrangler jeans and a blue bandana. Yeah. You it remember? Does look a, it does look a lot like her. But you remember the blue jeans and yeah, yeah, and the blue and the blue uh, bandana and Wrangler Interesting. Jeans. However, you know that was a very common outfit back then. Like Wrangler yeah. jeans isn't the most compelling thing, but it is pretty interesting. Uh, the blue bandana is more shocking to me. I think the blue bandana is pretty pretty stunning of a connection. I don't know, but either way, I guess uh, Stephen King's son was like. There she is. I don't know how he happened to be watching Jaws that closely or that carefully. This um, is like, it's like such a like he had to have paused it to like go up to the to like run to the bathroom right? and when he came back he was oh, like, "Oh, interesting." A minute. And it's doing that like staticky thing on the TV. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. Wait, no, this is 2015. What am I talking about? I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, okay, never mind. <laughs> like, you know, he had it on his uh v- 
Victrola. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what am I talking about? I don't know anymore. Okay. <laughs> Stony baloney. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Did I convince you? Okay. So. <laughs> In 2014, Detective Meredith Lober spoke in an interview on the 40th anniversary of the murder, and she, I know you asked me, was a detective who had taken on the case almost, if not as ardently, as our Detective Meads had. Oh, okay. Hey, I like she that. Did it. She did it. And uh, she said this hate case haunted her, you know, almost as much as it haunted him. So she told the Cape Cod Times, some murders are never solved. I refuse to believe this is one of them. Okay. I just love that. They're like so fucking on it, you know? I yeah. wish every case had people vouching for it. Like, you know, and it's hard to think too. It makes me a little bit, it's like a double-edged sword because I'm so thrilled that they're you know going to bat like decades later half a century later like really want to solve this but then i think about all the people who are killed and missing whose identity we do know and don't have anybody mm -hmm. like tracking yeah. down their killer or I, I don't know it's it's like a little double-edged sword like it stings a little where i'm like that's great but i just wish that or the were people more... who like their hobby is trying to crack a cold case when there's like people who need help that are alive right now and like I don't know. I, I then again, I guess if you're a hobbyist and not the police, or well, something, I was going to say, do. I don't know. I'm all about solving a cold case and getting justice. I just when they say, you know, when it's this one person, obviously that's great, but I just wish all the other unsolved cases had people this dedicated and like yeah. this had detectives this devoted to the case. You know, it's like it's like a good thing, obviously, but I wish it were more. I wish the love would be widespread, you know? So Detective Lober shifted her focus uh, to raise money for a new casket of the Lady of the Dunes. And I thought that was kind of touching. You know, she wanted to give her uh, more of a proper burial. Mm -hmm. When she was last exhumed, her metal casket was rusting and falling apart. And Detective Lober wanted to give her a little bit of dignity uh, since they couldn't really give her an identity. Mm-hmm. Things looked bleak. Um, you know, we got into 2020, 2021, or in mid-COVID. Then 2022 hits, M. Mm. And there's last a year. tremendous breakthrough <gasps> last year. Shut up. We're I talking... really thought, I thought this was not going anywhere. No, we're talking almost 50 years later. Okay. Mere months ago. Was it Stephen King's son? Was he right? <laughs> Cracking this fucking case. So detectives used, can you guess what they used to find out? Here's a hint. Golden State Killer was caught. Like Golden Pokemon. State Killer? Oh, Pokemon. wait. Fallout Boy? No. <laughs> okay. Let me, okay. You know what? I'm speaking to not the true crime half of the okay. show. I should, I should be, I should be more respectful of that. Um, no, they used uh, genetic genealogy, like the oh how they caught the Golden State Killer. <laughs> of all the things I was gonna say, even that with that clue, it was. The list. <laughs> I was like, did Taylor solve it? What happened? Taylor Swift did it. Yeah. Oh boy, no, they used uh, 
ge- genetic genealogy, forensic genealogy to okay. uh, to crack the case to track down a family member with the same DNA linkage to the Lady of the Dunes. This is mm. how they caught the Golden State Killer. So on October 31st of 2022, we're talking this past Halloween as we record this, the Boston Division of the FBI, along with state police and several other official entities, announced during a press conference that they had identified the Lady of the Dunes 48 years after she was murdered. Wow. And I got to say, like, I've known about the Lady of the Dunes for probably over a decade. Like, this is one of the earliest stories I remember learning in true crime. And just that feeling, like I had with Golden State Killer, of like, okay, let's be honest, we're never going to figure this one out. And so it's, like, so shocking and exciting when they actually do figure it out half a century later. So the woman's name was Ruth Marie Terry. Oh, and by the way, I listened to several podcasts about the Lady of the Dunes before, um, you know, prep while prepping my research. And they were all before she had been identified. Mm-hmm. So it was so weird to hear, like, the past, like, you know, I, oh, I, yeah. hope, I hope someday this gets figured out, but, like, not much hope. So it's weird to look back and be like, oh, wow, only a year ago, like, we thought this would never get solved. Yeah, it's 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 so wild. Especially one of them might have come out and been recorded like a month before then. Right, or like right beforehand. Be like it's been 48 years. What's going to change? Well, yeah. Look out. So Ruth Marie Terry, investigator said, quote, "She was a daughter, sister, aunt, wife, and mother. She had connections to Michigan, California, and of course, Massachusetts." She wasn't an Irish immigrant after all. She had actually been born in Tennessee in 1936 and was only 37 when she was killed. Ruth left home as a teenager. She had married once and divorced. She then moved up to Michigan where she gave birth to a son in 1958 at the age of 21. She gave him up for adoption as an infant to a couple she worked with and eventually she moved back to Tennessee. There, she was married again and made her way to Massachusetts, where she died. So, in 2018, her 60-year-old son, biological son... Oh, shut up. Richard Hanchett decided to try to track down his biological mother. (gasps) Yeah. Growing up, his adoptive parents told him stories about her. He knew she had auburn hair and that she loved to sing... And she had actually tried to reach out to him once in 1971 when she was when he was 13 years old. And this is heartbreaking. At the time, he wasn't ready and he refused to speak to her. Mm. And so now it's 2018 and he's trying to figure out where she is, not knowing she had been murdered only three years after she tried to contact him. And he oh, refused God, to talk so to her. Sad. It's so sad. He took a DNA test through Ancestry.com, which got him in touch with his biological family, who told him that his mother had been missing since the 70s and they had been searching for her for decades. I Did any of them, when the, when she went missing in the 70s and the Lady of the Dunes story was catching on, did any of them put the two together? That No, I don't believe so. Hmm. Mm-mm. Wild. Yeah, it's almost like ships in the night like this is all going on if only they had like seen the right news headline or yeah you know it's hard it's hard to believe but 
There is no known report of her as a missing person. So that's part of it, too, is they never reported her missing officially. Right. And Ruth had always sort of been kind of nomadic. Like she had wandered. She made her way all over the country. And so when her family realized she was missing and couldn't get a hold of her, they didn't even know where to look. So, um, you know, even if they had seen the Lady of the Dunes headline, they might not have connected the two. They didn't necessarily know she was in Massachusetts. They did say, however, that they had been hell-bent on finding her, and some of her family members died of old age, hoping to one day discover what became of her. Mm. Little did they know she was famous in, like, the worst way possible, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's just shocking. So authorities eventually matched her DNA to her son through these genealogy websites, and they took another DNA sample from him in 2022 to confirm the relation. And they told Richard, the Lady of the Dunes is your biological mother. Wow. So what a shock. Uh, he had to learn all about his mother, uh, for obviously, from the past. Uh, her nephew remembers her big smile. She was kind, compassionate, and independent. And he, this is sad, and we probably saw this coming, he deeply regrets giving up the opportunity to speak to her when he was 13, of course. Sure. Um, but, you know, that's not his fault, which I'm sure he knows by now. Richard told the New York Times, everybody that I talked to who knew her adored her. I wish I could have just talked to her, touched her just once. Mm. That makes me sad. Did he know about the Lady of the Dunes? Has he made a, a comment about question, that? That's a great question, Em. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. Mm. I wonder if they would have, they probably would have said if he, if he knew. Sure. But, but I don't know. He hopes to eventually have her reburied permanently beside her parents in Tennessee where she can finally rest forever with a name and an identity this other sad part of this is detective meads who had been so devoted to her case died in 2011 so he'll never know ruth's name uh Mm. or will he in my version of the universe he does okay i'm glad you've got your own version no i mean like in the (laughs) like i think once you die like oh 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 oh. i i see what you're saying now i thought you meant like like I'm, I'm just rewriting gonna... the story. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Sorry. I was I like, mean is, wow. In my own personal belief in what happens yes. after we die, I believe it's possible he does now know who she is. And gotcha. I mean, not to be that woo-woo, but maybe from the other side, he was able to move sure. things in a certain direction. Sure, yeah. It could, it could be. His determination obviously still lives on uh, to the point that District Attorney Michael D. O'Keefe said investigators had not given up on Ruth's murder because Detective Meads had kind of started that train of really devoting them to himself to the case. Her identity led to a new lead about the murderer himself, a man named Guy Rockwell Moldavin. Court records show that Ruth had married him just six months before she was murdered, and Guy is believed to come from a family with multiple properties in and around Provincetown. Hmm. So in 1960, so like 14 years before she was killed, Guy was called in to answer questions in connection to the disappearance of his former wife and his own daughter. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. That's That's wild. That's not good. And human remains believed to belong to his wife and daughter were found in the septic tank under the home where they lived when they went missing. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so he is... Suspect number one. Prime ass suspect. 
That same year, he was also called in for questioning on two cases in California where he had previously lived. One case was that of a murdered truck driver, and the other was a missing waitress, and his name had come up in connection with both of those crimes. Mm. He fled from Seattle to New York, where he was later arrested. He was charged with unlawful flight for, you know, piecing out of town. And uh, he was never, ever convicted of these murders. And guess what? 14 years later, his new wife just gets murdered on the beach. What a mystery. If it, and if it was him, like, to think that you got away with it for 14 years. 40, 50 years. Now, now 50. Right, exactly. Horrifying. Wow. Like, what a streak to be so yeah. lucky like that, which is the worst word to use. But you know what I mean? It's now widely believed that this man, Guy, was responsible for the murder of two of his wives, his own daughter, and possibly two other people. Unfortunately, he died in 2002, so there really is no way to so he like, got away with question it. him. Yeah, exactly. He lived out his life, basically, uh, having done these things, if he did. Mm. Provincetown police are actively, as of this past November, requesting any information anyone might have about Guy and his relationship with Ruth, because we still don't know that much. And in November, District Attorney O'Keefe didn't rule out the possibility that Guy might not be the killer. You know, he said in a news conference, it's very likely that the person who did this is dead, but they may not be. And so the message to them, if they're still out there, is we're coming. Oh, apocalyptic. Ah! Anyway, that's that story. Wow. <laughs> Juicy stuff. Sad. I, I mean, oh, like I never, you know, I never know what to say, but in, in terms of enthrallment that was quite a good story yeah it was uh both our stories had a lot of random plot twists i feel like like i i really thought that was gonna end with a and we'll and we're still searching i, I really had no idea once. we were gonna find somebody and i've been meaning to cover the lady of the dunes for years so it's like thankfully i waited <laughs> i didn't know this was one of your yeah truly i didn't know this was one of your very first uh true crime story yeah. interests and it wasn't even like i had a specific interest it was almost just like i've known about it for years just through reddit like all unresolved mysteries you know it was always on those lists of like top unsolved mysteries and so it was always kind of in my mind um wow but, I, I, but when i remember when they um revealed her identity and i was like so shook i was like never saw it coming no and it, it gives wild. me so much hope for all these stories we cover where it's like well maybe mm -hmm. we'll know someday like i just live for those breaking news updates when it's like think of that cop who figure detective or whoever that figured out her name was like oh my god this is like my this is my big case i'll be known for this is it like ruth her name is ruth yeah I wonder if she was in the Jaws. Like, I, I, I know that's, you know, kind of irrelevant, but I, I'm curious. It's still interesting. Like, damn, is she on an IMDb anywhere? Right? Like, <laughs> like I wonder if... How her, crazy? I wonder if her living family who knows her could look at the screenshots and be like, well, that's her, you know, or not. That'd just be wild to, if Stephen see King's if son Steven, exactly, slipped just in there. Out of curiosity, if he just happened to know that, you know, or happened to that's figure that out. So funky. Anyway. Wow. Well, good one, Christine. And let me and, see a picture of her. She's beautiful and, like, of course, just looks so happy and, you know, just makes everything worse. Um, you sent it to Geo's trio? Yeah. And look at her beautiful teeth. Look at her. Those are some good-looking teeth. Right? God, she looks like 
someone who was born in the 30s right <laughs> the hair like the coiffed hair very and, you know, very quintessential yes and i also you know it makes you think like if he knew to if it was the husband mm-hmm. which i think we all agree it's likely that it was the husband um and he had killed his wife his daughter all these other people like yeah he would know about fingerprints and dental yeah. records like he would yeah. know those things so it does kind of line up in that way as well interesting it sounds like a pretty solved case to me at least yeah. a, a massive l- hurdle ahead i mean the biggest part is that at least she can be buried you know uh with an identity and like her family knows now yeah so. and buried next to her parents yes which i think is really powerful um also i'm just in general impressed that we got through this uh for the last I, hour without I'm, any trouble i'm like i want to be excited but i'm like i'm like not touching my computer in case i fuck something <laughs> up again like imagine well uh thank you everyone for listening um and you know uh, maybe next week's episode will be a little smoother but we tried our darndest and it just wasn't cutting it all the way through maybe it but- will be probably it won't be uh, shout out in advance to our editor Jack, who deserves a hug after this because it's oh, going to be real messy piece in the He's like, I don't want a hug. I want the beer, Christine. <laughs> and that uh, is coming to you, my friend. Yeah, and until then, I guess we'll we'll see y'all next week. And yeah, that's why we drink.